What's up, Waves? Today's episode is brought to you by State Bags. State Bags makes beautiful, well-made, cool products. For every State Bag purchase, State Bags hand delivers a backpack packed with essentials for American children in need. State Bags is offering our listeners 15% off using the code POD at statebags.com. That is P-O-D, POD, for 15% off your next purchase at State Bags. State Bags, they've got your back. Why, thank you, Megan, for that odd spot for our ad this episode. And hey, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Weeb Cast. And speaking of Bo, who did beautifully on the ad just, uh, just a few seconds earlier, um, it's she is not here just for this episode. She will return. She will be back on an, ep- on a, on, on an episode. We're going to have guests pretty soon. It's gonna be fun, uh, but for but for at least this week, uh, you're just gonna have me. So, um, since you guys were excited about having another another co-host on Weebcast, um, don't let that excitement go away. I promise you, she'll be back, um, and we'll do a bunch of episodes in the future. We got a lot. We got a lot of cool stuff planned, um, especially in high episode, which I'm really excited about doing um, in the coming weeks. Um, so that, that, that's, that, that's the important thing. We, we got, we got a lot of cool stuff playing. That's going to be awesome. But welcome back to another episode. We got a, a very informative episode of week. Well, I mean, I guess I try to have all my episodes somewhat informative and a little bit of fun at the same time. I'm real big on just having people to come away with coming, leaving the episode, learning something, uh, coming away with it with. Uh, just a little nugget of information that they didn't previously had before coming in. Um, that's just like the way I like to roll. In this episode, I think you're going to find more than just a few nuggets. I think you're going to find um, whole bricks of gold in <laughs> this episode. Because um, I'm talking about a series that is coming back. Is it, a series that's reviving again. Like 2021 is the year of revived anime series um joining the likes of bleach uh hetalia um there's a few others that i know that i'm forgetting about uh, but shaman king the shaman king will be um coming back to japanese tv screens and streaming all over the world um coming i think it's spring as well 2021 i could be wrong but i know it's sometime in the early parts in the first half of 2021 um but before we get into all that, before we get into all that, uh, all the exciting stuff, this is C-Dub, a.k.a. the Independent Variable, a.k.a. Chris, um, Mr. A- a.k.a. now he's got coffee again beside him, no more mis- no more uh, Monster Energy drinks, um, a.k.a. he's drinking coffee because he feels like a piece of shit, but if you want to support this podcast and you've been loving this um you've been loving the content so far make sure that you hit up um on patreon at patreon.com forward slash weebcast show all one word and pledge to the patreon you get a lot of cool perks there's a lot of cool things that are that i'm offering up there um so you know and just for a dollar just for a single dollar a month you become a an official weebcast weeb 
and you get early episodes. You get ad-free episodes. You get shouted on on the show um, every single week. Um, and a tons and a few other members. I want to spoil it, but check it out on patreon.com forward slash webcast show for more information for and for the other two tiers as well. Um, that'd be very much appreciated. Um, but you can also support the show by sharing it with your friends, sharing it on social media, which you can follow me on based senpai. Um, and you can follow my co-host on for on, uh, drop slash worldwide bow. Twitter as well and if you want to hit me up if you want to hit us up on the show hit us up on Instagram I'm sorry if you want to hit us up on Instagram me and Bo on Instagram head over to Weebcast TV or at Instagram um for just you know for more Weebcast content I usually post just funny shit uh anime funny shit I guess um sneak peeks to the show um I want to do a raffle over there like a giveaway kind of thing over on Instagram eventually in the coming Trying to plan one for right when 2021 begins. I want to do that. We'll do something as cool as like that with Instagram. Um, and Instagram is where I ask a little more questions and try to get more user feedback uh, for future topics and projects and all that good stuff. As I take an unprofessional sip of my own coffee here. <sighs> Delicious. But um, let's just, let's just <clears throat> jump right into it. Um, so Shaman King was really one of the bigger jump manga in the late 90s and kind of moving into the early 2000s now look like i know i know maybe it's never as big as one piece or naruto but the spiritual battle comic was definitely on par in popularity with uh, ruoni kenshin or yu Hakusho at its prime um, but unfortunately shaman king hasn't shared in the staying power um the manga was somewhat left field for jump battle manga, kind of breaking the usual convention in a number of ways, especially in like in its cast. Like you had a lead character who was by no means a Goku clone, uh, which especially in the mid 90s wasn't so common. So including so many characters from different places and with a vast web of cultural and spiritual beliefs made for plenty of difference uh, from the norm. Uh, th- this was originally created by, I should have started with this, by uh, Hiroki uh, Takie, uh, who would later go on to work on with the late, great uh, Stan Lee on Ultimo. On Ultimo. You should check that out as well. Um, one of the, f- I can't, I, it's one of the few, because Stan Lee, a little, little more, a little tidbit information, maybe you guys already know that, but Stan Lee has tried to get into Japanese comics. Um... A few times in his career not a lot um because he he, re, he respected the japanese comic industry of course but and he tried his hand at working with other mangakas and trying to create several few uh very small time kind of series uh, not really small time if you're, if you're anytime stan lee's working on a project with you it's not really small time but um small time in the sense that uh the readership wasn't always there and one of these examples was ultimo but and that series had some stylish art uh, to depict its cross-cultural battles, uh, but before sh- before creating Shaman King, uh, uh, Takie worked as a, an assistant on Rioni Kenshin, another less conventional uh, shonen jump manga, which you guys should read if you haven't already or watch. You can watch the sub or dub; it's actually pretty. It's a, it's excellent uh, in both forms, to be honest. 
um, which and him working on or being an assistant on the Rioni Kenshin um, series may explain why he felt compared or why he felt compelled um, to write a different kind of shonen story. Um, the series had a turbulent history, you know, including premature cancellations, um, then eventually jumping ship to an entirely different publisher. Um, and as in legally speaking, Shaman King is no longer a Shonen Jump or a Shueisha series, um, and, and which is pretty rare. It's pretty rare for just any series uh, before a former flagship jump title. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's really rare. An unprecedented development for sure, but even though uh, I think that was Kodansha now owns the rights to Shaman King, um, republishing the original series as well as the Shaman King Flowers, Shaman King Zero, and launching the new Shaman King, the Superstar, it will always be remembered as a Shonen Jump great. Um, and that's what I'm going to do in this episode. I'm going to be as com- comprehensive as possible without being too long, too but too long-winded. But this is my Shaman, this is Weep, the Weepcast official, Shaman King, everything you need to know. Um, so you get yourself caught up uh, for Shaman King next year. I'm going to be going through everything from the original um, to Flowers and a nice little package, concise little package. Um, and I, it's good to start with the, actually not good to start with, it's, it's only right we start with the original Shaman King. Um, Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So, when you think of podcasting, what do you think of, or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place all you have to do is just download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started Uh, yo leading a classic set of shaman king characters in the manga that brought together many 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 cultures uh hiroyuki take originally debuted, uh, debuted Shaman King in Weekly Shonen Jump magazine in the late 1998. Um, even though Kandansha now owns the rights to the original series, it will always be remembered as a late 90s Jump classic. Um, its particular twist to the Shonen Jump formula was incorporating elements from different spiritual beliefs from all over the globe. Um, as an artist with strong attention to detail and a sharp visual identity, uh, Hiroyuki Takeya successfully was able to uh, depict the imagery of and the iconography of many different cultures, um, from clothing choices to surroundings. Uh, Takeya could switch it up, giving each character in place a cultural origin um, and giving them the respect that they deserve. Um, while the series led Yo partnered with a distinctly Japanese samurai spirit, uh, Amidamaru, 
you had representation of all sorts of distinct cultures, uh, from the Ainu of the or northern Japan to cultures based indigenous people in the Americas. Uh, the manga really brought together a literal world's worth of mythology. Whether it's all 100% accurate, you you'll just have to ask a historian about that. But for with me and with everyone you today, but it makes for us a neat and just exciting and inclusive uh, battle manga. Um, Shower, Shaman King Flowers. And you're probably thinking, people who are maybe um, fans of Shaman King or have heard Shaman King, this is the sequel that you probably didn't know existed. Shaman King was canceled around 30 volumes in. Um, but over the years, uh, Hiroyuki uh, Take has made a few spin-off titles, like Shaman King Zero, uh, for an example. But Shaman King Flowers is, is the largest of the sequel series that he's created. Um, running at a full six volumes, it focuses on some of the loose ends from the series. And while it introduces a certain uh, couple's descendant who fights in a new series um, of battles called The Flowers of Mize, or Mize. I'm not sure, I, I've never actually heard it been spoken, but um, like any appropriate sequel, you have some new characters, you, know, you gotta throw in the old characters as well. But However, despite ultimately being a battle manga, What's most different about Shaman King Flowers is how it feels. And Hiroki or Hiroyuki uh, Take has gotten more and more interested in the, uh, the artistic pre presentation throughout his career in Shaman King Flowers. He's created a somewhat more esoteric uh, shonen battle manga. Um, eventually, uh, eventually though, Hiroyuki Take had a falling out with Shueisha meaning the end of Flowers and newer series entries like Shaman King, The Superstar, now run in uh, Kodansha magazines now. And unfortunately, outside the original manga, which is now extremely out of print, um, none of these titles ever got an official release in English. Um, now, when you hear four kids, what do you think? And no, 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 not the... Um, the dope One Piece rap opening. What else do you think about? Oh, no, no, no. Not about um, them having Sanji uh, suck on lollipops instead of a cigarette. No, no, not that, not that. Oh, and not the hilarious uh, Yu-Gi-Oh dub. And not the hilarious Yu-Gi-Oh fan dub that is done on Little Karibio, Little Karibo on YouTube, which is fucking fantastic. But Shaman King was also one of four kids very distinct disasters, but a happy disaster. While Shaman King was one of the manga that did run in the ambitious yet now defunct the American Monthly Shonen Jump, it never caught on like here, like on here, like it's Orange Ninja uh, and children card game siblings. You know, one reason was that this particularly dreadful localization effort by the notorious Four Kids Entertainment. Um, characters used to be renamed a lot, you know, like Ash Ketchum being Satoshi in Japan. But when you go from uh, Manta to uh, Mortimer, eh, you know things are looking pretty dire. No one's going to ask their parents for a Mortimer toy. And to add insult to injury, we didn't even get a cool rap out of it. So thankfully for kids, reign of anime is over. And some of the titles that they hacked up are, are now available from different publishers, unedited, like One Piece. Uh, unfortunately, Shaman King never really saw a resurgence in the United States, and 
no one's really bothered to ever re-license the anime. Um, yet, at least. Um, while it's a complicated right situation, transferring from Shueisha to Kodansha may have had its hand in a lack of international representation. Um, it's undeniably a shame, though, that neither the manga nor the anime is available in English. Um, and the, I'm going to move on to one of the, my favorite things just about of all these series is the it's just the colorful and distinct characters of Sean McKay. And I think it's its real strong suit. Um, there's just a, a colorful cast of characters and shown in and shaman king that hail from all over the world faust from germany joko from new york uh, ren from china and a whole lot more shaman king really runs the gamut when it comes to variety and you have various good guys and the many bad guys all taken from different countries and cultures uh, from the japanese ainu to the archangels of christian mythology people and their spirits hail from literally all over um, of course, there's a trio of characters who, who you would call iconic. And the ones the ones fans will always think first, um, the protagonist. Uh, his visually similar but 300% hotter adversary and future bride-to-be, Yo and Hao's many teammates also round out the cast with other odds and ends making themselves known um, along the way. Um, the good guys, the bad guys, and everyone who are shades in between Here's a primer to Shaman King's large and diverse cast. Um, and you may want to skip um, the last, my last entry of characters here if you haven't finished Shaman King. But I want to start with uh, Yo Asakura. Yo is our lovable protagonist. Is that a good way to put that? The Goku of Shaman King, if you, if you will. But however, unlike a lot of classic jump leads, he's a lot lazier than his peers. Um, we see that now in a lot of animes and a lot of anime and manga past the 2010s past the 2010 um era but before then the modern the the, the usual um jump protagonist was usually hyperactive or had a or could gain a spark of energy to to not only himself or people around him um we didn't really get a lackadaisical there wasn't a lot of popular lackadaisical jump uh leads at this time, especially in the late 90s and the early 2000s, um, they all were really flashy, stylistic, um, and had, wanted to be a, an, almost over be, being overdone a little bit, a little too. But now, and Yo, I think, was uh, pretty much a pioneer in, in this type of uh, of type of character, to be honest. Uh, now, lazy, powerful characters are pretty much the norm, and people love them now, but it wasn't always the case. and. Uh, that's why I give big ups to Yo Asakura. Um, as I take another unprofessional sip of my coffee, it's just so good. I, I, I can't avoid it. But he he's a lot lazier, like I said, than his, than his peers, and he's known for his trademark headphones. Um, he'd rather be kicking back with his favorite jams and pretty much fighting evil, but uh, more Shikumaru than a Naruto, if you kind of catch my drift. Uh, at least at first. He partners with a samurai spirit named uh, Amidamaru when he fights, and in intri- and in traditional shonen jump uh, convention, 
once the story ramps up, he gets a bit more motivated. Um, and that's in part due to his future wife. Um, and at the beginning of the series, Yo doesn't care much about the fight and just wants to live a carefree, simple, and easy life. Uh, naturally, you know, though, though the more he gets involved, <clears throat> the more the entire battle be- becomes more personal for him. Um, befriending and teaming up with the samurai spirit, uh, Ami Damaru, Yo wantonly or not starts climbing up the rungs of the ladder to the shaman king. Um, so I brought her up. I'm going to have to talk about her next. I, I think I should go with Anna Kiyoyama. While she doesn't fight um, in the main tournament, Anna's an extremely talented spirit medium um, who thinks nothing channeling the dead. She's Yo's fiance and something of a proto Sundere. So on the surface, she's pretty cold, but willing to wallop anyone who glances at her the wrong way, though. And as the series goes on, through more of Anna's heart begins to shine, through which has endeared her to the readers all over the world, especially me. Eventually, she becomes Yo's greatest support in their fight against the enemy. You could call Anna something of a tsundere, but that would be a cheap word. She's truly fierce and truly strong, and much more rarely than your average anime schoolgirl does let her defenses down you know interestingly she freely talks about her love for yo even when she's just as quickly will treat him like a slug um manta manta oyadama uh yes yes uh, i referenced him before yes the boy four kids renamed mortimer in the english dub possibly due to him coming from a rich family uh, manta doesn't start out as a fighter uh, but after befriending uh, yo uh, and getting attuned to his spiritual powers, he becomes great moral support and before eventually partnering up um, with this kid. You know, he's basically the John Watson to Yo Sherlock Holmes, um, to be honest, um, with events in the series taking place through his eyes. Um, you know what? How, do, how could I forget uh, Ami Damaru, the formidable samurai ghost spirit who once haunted a fun body decided to team up with Yo in his fight to become the Shaman King. Uh, with all these characters have their own spirits, Amitamaru has the greater presence in the story than most of the others, making him a bona fide character through and through. He's honorable, he's noble, often offering Yo words of wisdom that only a 600-year-old samurai spirit could know. Um, oh, Rinosuke uh, Umemiya. Uh, he's uh, he was the high school punk. He had the pompadour. He had he, he was the big and tall. He had pig collars and and cuff cuffs on his, on his little white suit. Um, and he kind of turns over a new leaf after encountering Yo and Monta for the first time. And after some assistance from Anna, he kind of he awakens to latent spiritual powers and partners up with the spirit of the long dead bandits uh, Tokagero. Um, and the two become a ride or die compatriots uh, for Yo. Um, uh, Tao Ren. Um, like many characters found in the pages of Shonen Manga, Tao Ren is an enemy turned ally of Yo's. Um, they're never quite buddy buddy, though, even when fighting on the same side. Um, with Ren taking the rivalry for being Shaman King seriously, he mellows out over the course of the manga um, when at the start he can murder without a second thought. Um, one of my favorite ones is Horohoro, and Horohoro is a member of the Ainu, 
an indigenous tribe of Japanese who historically lived in the northern uh, Hokkaido region. And as such, Horohoro uses a snowboard uh, as, a, as a weapon. It pairs up with, um, I can't quite think, I should have wrote that down, but I can't quite remember what his spirit was. I might have been Kotopokuro, maybe, and which also comes from the Ainu mythology, I believe, and hot-headed, spiky hair. And he's kind of, to be honest, he's kind of the more modern jump pro tag than Yo, which is really interesting. Um, but Joan Faust the Eighth, I think it was the Eighth, was it the Eighth or Seventh? Um, a particularly macabre shonen jump, and even more so of, of an ally. This person is descended from the original Faust of Legend. Faust the Eighth over here is something of a surgeon and a necromancer. He can summon entire skeletal armies to do best battling. Yet many of Yo's former foes, he turns into an ally, ally of his by the end. Um, Lissurg Dytho. Uh, Lissurg is a really a man divided. Uh, he's a young Englishman, kind-hearted boy, has a talent for dousing, and, and he knows the Yo and the gang are good people. However, he's already heavily involved with the X-Laws which are a powerful group of shamans, heavily based on the Christian mythology, and directly follows the group uh, follows the group leader. Uh, but when Yo and X-Laws come into conflict, Lisper has to make some uncomfortable decisions. Um, Joko. Um, hailing from the inner city, New York, Joko had a rough upbringing, and at one point was involved with some brutal street gangs. Um, these days, he just wants to become a comedian, as he's personally witnessed the healing power of just making people laugh. Um, he's the big addition to the team, yo, after training with the elder uh, Amazonian shaman uh, post-reform. Um, how Asakura. Um, you knew he was coming. You knew I wasn't going to leave. I was going to leave how Asakura out. How sure? He sure looks like yo, doesn't he? Um, their last names are the same as well. What the hell is up with that? What? Don't worry. Plenty of convoluted shonen plot to satisfy all your curiosity about how uh, how Asakura. Um, for a bad guy, he's not really such a bad guy. Um, often easygoing, quite jovial, um, but make no mistake, how is really the most powerful entity, spiritual entity on the earth. Uh, many of the contestants in the shaman tournament, yes, there's a tournament. This is a shonen, shonen jump manga, of course, have pledged loyalty to how out of fear alone um who's oh iron now to think about it there's a, i got some other characters that i was i hope i didn't want to leave them out because i made i made special notice but iron maiden gene uh, this seemingly young looking girl leads the x-laws and is widely known as one of the most powerful shamans around she gets her name iron maiden from spending most of her time inside one of these medieval torture devices in order to raise her spiritual levels. She believes what she's doing is right, but the Iron Man Gene and the rest of the X-Laws are actually acting in the right. Um, Sati Sagan, um, the leader of the Gandhara, the, a Buddhist pacifist group who entered the Shaman King fight, not to win, but to stop Hao Asakura. And she, she's amongst the classifiers, including Iron Man and Jean and Howard herself when it comes to just raw strength. Um, but ultimately, and unsurprisingly, she chooses to help late in the game further. And I think she further trains Yo in the game 
who believes that 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 Yo's group has the power to shop to stop how um Silva another one of my favorite uh, characters in the in the series is a member uh, of the indigenous people of America's patch tribe who oversees the shaman king tournament uh, Silver is a member who gets Yo involved in the fight for the future you know unlike uh, other patch member efficient Silver gets a little too attached to the contestants he's supposed to look at uh, you know he's supposed to just look after them but he gets really attached to them that's just his nature and he's been known to give Yo and the gang a helping hand um, when you know when no one's looking um, Tao Jun Okay, maybe Tao Ren's older sister isn't quite a main character, but she's too cool not to include on my list. Like Faust, she's also a necromancer and of sorts, and but coming from the Chinese culture, she's considered a, a Daoshi and able to reanimate the dead with their original spirits. She kind of fights side by side, by side with uh, Bai Long, who was once a famous Hong Kong action movie star compared comparable to uh, Bruce Lee. Um, uh, Tao Mao Tomoto. Uh, this person is an adopted member of the Asakura family, and uh, Tamao is extremely skilled and devout div- divin- divin- divinator. Divinator. You know. You know what? We're just gonna strike that out. You know. We just don't pay attention to that. Um, <laughs> she's generally known as a non-fighter. She doesn't really take part in the Shaman King tournament, but you know, when push comes to shove, you know, she and her partner spirits, Ikitsune and a tanuki can lay down the hurt trust me um she harbors a huge crush on yao osakura now that i remember which is kind of remarkable considering how scary anna could be i'm not sure if i would want to get in the way of anna even and you trust me i love yo uh yomei asakura a master on moyuji and specialist in exorcism uh yomei asakura currently heads the asakura family and is yo's uh grandfather he practically raised Yo and taught him, you know, foundational techniques for being a shaman fighter. You know, seemingly just an advisory figure at first. It's clear that Yomei's got some real secrets and he's got some real expertise hiding up his sleeve. Um, but Kino Asakura, Yo's grandmother, and Kino Asakura is an extremely powerful Itako who raised Anna since she was young and eventually trained her to follow in her spiritual footsteps going blind at some point during uh, World War II, um, she trained up her powers enough to, more enough to make up for her lack of sight. She's a proud of Anna as a student um, and as a daughter. Um, oh, uh, Mikihisa Asakura. Uh, is another character that I, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty fond of as well, to be honest. And an easy guy, he's an easygoing guy, carefree too, with a love of music. Um, who happens to be Yo's father. And he doesn't really enter the series until later on after the shaman fight's underway. Um, turns out he's taking part with a team, team on his own and being a spy seemingly for the Asakuras. Um, it's hard to tell what he's really thinking and you never really, you're never really sure what he intends to do every time he's on the page. Uh, he harbors a great regret, uh, which is why he is, he's assumed an atypical path, um, even for a shaman. Um, lastly, like I said, you know, if, if you haven't finished, uh, Shaman King, then you might want to maybe skip this part or maybe, maybe listen to another episode of Weebcast, um, until you <laughs> finish Shaman King. Cause I'm talking about Hana Asakura. While we don't want to say exactly whose kid Hana Asakura is, 
we will say he's the main character of Shaman King Flowers, first seen journeying about with Ryu as a young child, uh, as a teen he gets roped up into a new series of battles. Um, thankfully, he pairs with a familiar Amadamaru, who's been in enough battles and a, and a real spiritual aid um, to advise Hana along the way. Um, now, like I said, this was just a little quick overview to get you, just to get you a nice and little taste um, of Shaman King, of the characters, the plot, a little bit of the plot, without getting too much spoilery content. Um, I really try my best not to spoil really big revelations and big events. Um, I really just wanted to introduce Shaman King to a generation of, of, of current Shonen Jump readers who maybe have heard of it, maybe have seen some character designs, but haven't really got into it. Um, that was really my main goal here. And get you a little pumped up for Shaman King in 2021 because I'm so excited to see this and how it's going to be done. Um, I'm definitely going to have to, there's got to be, I'm going to try to find a way if I can reread the manga because it's not on, obviously it's like, it's not on any of the subscriptions that I have. I don't think it's on Manga Plus right now and it's not, definitely not on my subscription on the Viz Media Shonen Jump thing. So um, I'm going to try to find a way. Uh, find a, a legal way to reread some of this series. Um, I because I think I even used to have a back little story, little to like. Let's take a little break. Let's calm down a little bit. Um, in my local library, you know, it was downtown. They had one of the volumes of Shaman King. It wasn't in English. It was in Japanese. I don't know how this library got it. Maybe it was donated or. You know, some, someone maybe got it delivered to them. They bought it from overseas. They didn't want it anymore. But for some reason, this one of the volumes, I can't, I think it might have been volume seven or eight of of Shaman, of Shaman King, if I remember correctly. Because um, I can see the cover. I can see the cover of it right now. Um, but however the case, however it got into my local library, I, 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 just, I would just flip flip through the pages because by that time I, I had a few run-ins with manga before like I said at that local library they had a, a very small section of manga and when I'm in section I mean it was a it was one bookshelf and I think there was maybe two three or four shelves of of, of Japanese comics um all of them mainly Viz Media um produced or Whoever publishes um, some of the sh uh, shoujo stuff like Fruit Baskets and, um, God, man, what am I, th I can't think of the uh, XXholic and things of that stuff, nature, but, um, but yeah, I, it was volume seven. I remember because it was a green colored and I think he had Yo and like dressed in a very cool, and almost looked like he was. I think it was Yo. I can't quite remember. It might have been another. It might have been another uh, a, a different character. Um, but it had a light. It had a, like it was very fluorescent, like like a Baja Blast color. I, I'm sorry, that's the best way I can <laughs> I can explain it. Um, and I just I would just flip through it. Had no idea what the hell was going on. Obviously, just jumping in volume seven, so but it was incredibly artistic. Like it was one of the few mangas where I could not even understand what was going on. Um, 
but the facial expression, um, the way the characters moved, um, expressed things on their faces, the way they were dressed, I could tell that so many um, things were going on at once and that all these characters were so distinct, not only in style, but in mood um, and, and just and character wise. It, it was great. It was great. And that's um, which kind of gave which kind of put me as a fan a little bit on, especially the four kids anime, even though it wasn't as great. It great. It wasn't great. Not even saying great. It, it was something to watch, um, something different to watch. And and I became a fan ever since. Um, but after this. I'm going to get into another edition. Yes, you already know what I'm talking about. It's going to be another edition of the Weekly Manga Corner. Yeah, I know you missed it. I know you missed it. I know you missed the Echo. And I know you missed Weekly Manga Corner. But it's coming back. Um, we're going to hit it. I'm going to get you hit into, into, another, into an ad real quick. And I'm going to see you on the other side. Because I got some great manga to go over in weekly shonen jump i'm gonna be back at you hey yo what's up everybody welcome back um thank you for sticking around um for one of my favorite segments i love to do um and i haven't been able to get to do because i wasn't able to do it last week because me and Bo did a nice little improv two episode, which I hope you guys enjoyed. Listen to that. It was last Friday's episode. Um, did I, you know, I didn't even ask how you guys did this past week. How's your week been? You been good? You been drinking? Drinking water? Um, um, I forgot to say that, like I said, I think I said this on maybe not last week's Friday, not fr- last Friday's episode, but the two weeks Friday. So two weeks ago, I mentioned that I was in November and December, I was going to drink water, just water. And then I think I gave me one, myself one rule. I can once a week, I can drink something other than water. And I usually take, I usually use the Fridays to make, to use my little, to, you know, for that little one cheat drink. So this week, as you've heard me take some, a few unprofessional sips already throughout this episode, maybe. Or maybe you didn't hear, but I like to announce it like I'm about to take another one. I got a little bit of coffee here. So that'll be my cheat drink for the week. Um... So technically, I only get four cheat drinks this month. I've already used one. But every other drink, it's got to be water. Um, I can have some water and some ice. Um, that's it. Any other variation of water? Yeah, just hot water. Well, I'm not going to drink hot water, but whatever. Um, I hope you guys had a good week. <laughs> um, at least a better week than mine. Um, so, uh, But let's get into some more. Because... Back to my favorite segment. I wasn't able to do it last week because me and Bo did a nice episode together. Um, I know she and she misses you guys. She misses you guys. I know you miss her too, but she misses you guys greatly. But she'll be back. Don't worry about it. Um, she's safe. She's happy. She's she's perfectly fine. Don't worry. Um, but you know what else it looks really is really fine. More than fine, actually. That is the, the weekly, weekly manga corner, corner. with. Boy, C Dub. Um, look, it's the beginning of a new week, and it can only mean one thing, and that's time for weekly Shonen Jump. What's the ending of a week? But you know, you get my drift. Shueisha 
legendary manga magazine has been releasing every single week for over 50 years uh, at this point, and it still has enough exciting series in its roster to justify its hollow status. Plus, with Viz Media now publishing the entire thing in English, there's never been a better time to jump in. And in this and in this uh, episode right here of the Weekly Manga Corner, me, Chris, will investigate the latest and the greatest in the world of Weekly Shonen Jump, telling you what's worth your time and what's not. Uh, and this week, um, I'm going to be chatting about Undead Unlock Chapter 38, Maku-chan Chapter 18, and Dr. Stone Chapter 172. Man, what a good week. Um, while I was stuck for a little, stuck for some ideas over the last few weeks, there have been countless chapters this week that deserve to be highlighted. So I was a little spoiled for choice here, but still, I hope that this spread is nice and varied and also matches the mood of the season, which is getting browner and browner. But in other news, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of talk about the Chainsaw manga ending as of late, something which shouldn't come much of a surprise to anyone who's been keeping up with the manga. But hey ho, you know, I have no doubt that Tatsuki Fujimoto will be back very soon with a series that might be even better. Um, now that I'm on this, I want you to guys, if you guys have been reading Weekly Shonen I've been pretty clear about some of my favorite series in the show, but I've been, I've been wanting to get to hear from you guys personally. Um, you can tweet me at Base Senpai on Twitter. Um, or you can go on Weekcast TV and shoot me a message there. But I've been really interested in seeing and hearing and reading what you guys have been reading in Weekly Shonen Jump. Like I said, I, every week, or try to get to every week, three chapters that really stands out in the magazine. And um, and I, I'm going to keep that formula, but I might one day maybe take some um, suggestions from, uh, from, from, from some listeners. And kind of just roll with that. Maybe you guys can give me a chapter that you thought was really good this week. Um, and maybe I kind of overlooked it or didn't think so. But I definitely would like to jump right in. Um, and just kind of... The thing, the point is I want to get some more fan, some more listener participation in some of these episodes. I have some things planned moving into the next year in 2021. That's going to be really awesome. It's going to... I want to incorporate you guys so heavily. Um... And that's kind of what my plan is. So, but, you know, we'll get to that. You know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to that bridge. Uh, but for right now, let's go into Undead Unluck Chapter 38 and Halloween Color Page. Woo! That's pretty much, that's enough to imply that Undead Unluck Chapter 38 has anything to do with Halloween in its title. You know, right? You know, um... Listen, none of us really got to celebrate Halloween properly this year, and I'm just angry that I didn't get to do a costume. So take the reference and leave it, all right? Capiche? So anyway, what Undead Unluck Chapter 38 is actually about is continuing the mystery of Yumi, Fuku's favorite manga that may or not may be a relic that can tell the future. Um, unfortunately, this interesting concept comes off the back of some very bizarre setup and an arc that has, on the whole, kind of really struggled to find its feet. Luckily, Undead Unlock Chapter 38 kind of puts it right. Um, the idea of transforming Fuko into a mangaka and having her infiltrate Shueisha's offices in search of an orig- original manuscript with, was a bizarre one, you know? And one that's given, that one that also felt too self-gratifying 
you know, given the series is published in Weekly Shonen Jump. Never realized, you know, Undead Luck, Undead Unlock Chapter 38 does us a favor on this one, moving swiftly away from Shueisha and into a meeting with Ano Un. Um, the introduction of Ano Un, the author of Yumi, is far and away the best part of Chapter 38. Because not only does it put a face to the name that's been floating around the series since the very beginning, it also makes a, makes all the previous haphars it's set up worth it. Because Ano Un is really really cool and as soon as they dished out their drawing ability not sure on the gender yet i, I got serious kishibe rohan vibes and only later realized that this is probably a large source of inspiration for yoshimi tozuka um after all are there any other jump manga play around with the words and meanings such as jojo's bizarre adventure far from fitting this archetype undead on luck chapter 38 is probably an indication that we can expect to see more madness along the lines of Hirohiko Araki's long-running series sometime in the near future. Um, in any case, Undead Unlock Chapter 38 is also home to a bunch of other great character moments, most notably between Andy and Fuko. As someone who enjoys Poutine, I greatly appreciated its inclusion in the scene in Stanley Park, as well as the Vancouver skyline. The scene where Fuko threatens the Shueisha employee is freaking hilarious as it contrasts so well uh, with what she is saying and it's also a fairly large bit of character development here as i doubt that previously meek and mild fuko would have had the guts to do something like this it's simple uh, but it's also effective at the same time uh, to be honest i went into undead unlock chapter 38 with fairly low expectation i had to enjoy the setup from previous chapters and the haphazard nature of the story wasn't shaping up to get any better. Um, I'm very happy to report, you know, though, that this week's chapter has made me, has has me fully back and on board. Um, is ride or die, baby. Uh, one last thing though, the skeleton spiders that appear at the end of Undead Unlock Chapter 38 are, according to Anuun, part of UMA Autumn's territory, which gives us a taste of what one of our four main opponents for this arc is like. I've had to make a guess then I'd have to say that the different seasons summon minions in accordance with the different climates. So spiders for autumn, as the cold forces them inside before dying out in the winter. Uh, but with that in mind, might summer's ability be able to summon a cloud of giant killer hornets? Um, God, that would be a pot with the mirror reality and a half. Um, but let's go on to um, Magu-chan chapter eight. Um, and guess what? <laughs> Maku-chan actually has to do something with a little bit of Halloween. Uh, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, chapter 18 actually, you know, somewhat tied to the holiday that we just uh, finished quote-unquote celebrating, I guess. In a way. Let, let me explain. This means that I don't have to bend over backwards to make this seasonal connection, unlike Undead Unlock Chapter 18. The bad news is that Halloween is already over and we're, you know, we're what, almost a week in to November, so bummer. But still, if the Monday after Halloween is good enough for Weekly Shonen Jump to celebrate, then it's good enough for me, because it doesn't matter anyway. As Magu-chan Chapter 18 points out, it's a really good thing for young kids and party people in Japan. In fact, that is what this chapter is pretty much all, all about. 
Uh, Maku-chan chapter 18 opens up with Magu staring down at Halloween pumpkin and wondering what it's for. And this sends Ruru and her friends down a rabbit hole to discover the true meaning of Halloween. Something which doesn't really, something which, you know, they can't quite grasp and quite can't quite understand, given that they live in the countryside and are Japanese. Uh, for Yuka, it's all about scaring people and just going down the very hard on one side of the old adage, trick or treat. For Kyo, it's all about dressing up as something you like, you know, in her case, the unidentified mysterious animal, Classy. Um, and we would have nothing less. Um, Unera is probably the only character that understands Halloween best in Magochan chapter 8, chapter 18, um, as she dresses up as a devil and pays the occult club a visit. But ever her view on the holiday is kind of warped by the by consumerism. In her usual otaku ways, she's more preoccupied with the limited edition Halloween costumes you can score in mobile games. And that's you know certainly way to look at the holiday. And Ren doesn't really participate in Halloween proceedings as you know he's just too busy with work, but gets roped it into it anyway by the end of Mako Chan chapter 18. In many ways, that final scene at the restaurant is what Halloween is all about. Having fun together with your friends, dressed up in stupid costumes, and letting loose for one night of the year. <sighs> Damn, now I actually kind of miss Halloween now. But in any sense, Maku-chan chapter 18 functions as a surprisingly wholesome encapsulation of, of the celebration, as well as a useful point of cultural reference too. If you venture into Japanese country, countryside, you will really come across people who have no idea what Halloween is, as well as Christmas for that matter too. And this can be interesting um, to consider when we, no matter how hard we try, end up taking our own culture and celebrations for granted. Uh, Maku-chan chapter 18 also caps off with a surprising bit of character development as well. You know, not only did Ruru manage to make Ren's heart skip a beat once again, Napu is also taking steps in towards becoming a proper chef. The puddings that he's made tasted pretty good, even if the texture was a little bit off, and that's always been one thing that has surprised me about the series. Ever since the move to school in Chapter 11, K. Kamiki has never been afraid to move the story and his characters forward. Uh, a never-ending circle. It's not. This is not. But lastly, and I thought what was one of my favorite chapters this week, was Dr. Stone Chapter 172. Finally, we're here at Dr. Stone Chapter 172. And I know, I know. I... I um, talked about Dr. Stone in my other weekly manga, weekly shonen, my weekly manga corner episode a few weeks ago. Um, I think I did 168 or 171. You know, so so shoot me. I'm really enjoying the current arc. It's been really exciting. And it makes a change from getting frustrated with the fight against Minister Ibada. You know, that, that's for sure. But if I had to explain why this latest arc of Dr. Stone is proven to be so much better than the others, probably put it down to the characters and, and to be frank Ibarra was a pretty boring character for me um he was just one of those creepy old dudes that we've seen a thousand times before even if he had a quite overwhelming presence you know Zeno and the others are different and not only are their personalities more interesting they also have an interesting philosophical current underpinning them um but well, more more on that in the more on that a little bit later in any case Dr. Stone, 172, picks up Black's week where we left off with Senko and Zeno putting their heads together to find out where the petrification beam came from. Um, landing on the upper reaches of the Amazon River, 
his crew set off for South America, uh, with Stanley trailing, you know, not so not so far behind. And the impending doom of Stanley's pursuit was one of the elements that had me most excited for this upcoming Super Alloy City arc, as it's added so much danger, so much tension, and it was just only a matter of time before Stanley's modern oil-powered boat caught up to Senku um, and crew's primitive charcoal-powered one. And in this chapter 172, nearly sidesteps this, but does so in an engaging way, introducing yet another new character. Um, and it's honestly a testament to the quality of, of uh, Ridicho Inagaki's writing that in the past couple of chapters, he has introduced some of the best characters he has ever written. Zeno, of course, but also Stanley, and now Dr. Chelsea, the small, bespeckled genius geographer has already got me weak at the knees. On account of her appearance alone, you know, sometimes I have a type, but but also how she solved the looming Stanley issue. You know, by using her knowledge of the Amazon, she's able to come up with a route that will allow Senku to the crew, Senku and the crew to outrun their pursuer and cross the jungle in record time. Um, the only problem is is that they'll need a new vehicle to do so. So but this gives Dr. Stowe, chapter 172, an excuse to dish out in an old-fashioned scientific roadmap. It's not as if this development came out of nowhere either, you know. Zeno explains that she was one of the scientists invited to the uh, to a summit to discuss their petrification. Um, and she was in the middle of tracking down its origin with the help of Senku's data when the beam hit. Um, she also suffers from the same fuzzy eye disease that Suka has, you know, tying her neatly into everything the series has established up until this point. Um, in reality. Dr. Chelsea's introduction was probably not planned from the beginning, though, but it's been made, but it's been made to appear so with the same kind of clever writing techniques that uh, Richo Inagaki employed for Zeno. Um, the result is much the same, though. Another fantastic character that I'm really excited to see more of in the future. I'm not even probably a good thing too, because Doctor Stone Chapter 172 starts off with a dramatically reduced cast, kind of leaving behind such key characters as Yuzuhira. And, Gen and Genro in America was kind of a bold move, but one that might just pay off in the end if Inagaki can play his cards right. Because um, with this series, the only way is up. Um, but you can read on Dead on Luck chapter 38, Maku-chan chapter 18, and Dr. Stone chapter 172 for free in the Viz Media Shonen Jump app. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Weavecast with C-Dub, a.k.a. The Independent Variable, a.k.a. Chris, a.k.a. Maury, a.k.a. The Man Who's Just About to Finish The Last Bit of His Coffee with an Unprofessional Sip. I'll be back at you next week with some cool episodes and some cool ideas. And obviously, Bo will be back. I know. I know I'm boring. I'm, I'm not that cool. I'm not charismatic as her, but she'll be back with me and we'll have some, uh, we'll have some fun for sure talking about some things that we have planned. Uh, but thank you so much for joining me. On this episode, I hope you thank you for allowing my voice into your ears, into your homes. Um, I hope you keep supporting the podcast, keep sharing it with your friends, keep listening to it. Um, follow me on my social medias, and please, 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 please pledge to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash webcast show um, for extra benefits and to get closer to the show, get closer to me and Bo. I'm gonna really interact, and you get a lot of cool benefits, you get all kinds of things. Just check it out. Um, it, it, like I said, it'll be in the description of this episode as long as my uh, bows and eyes socials 
Um, but I think that's all I got for you guys today. Uh, have a nice Friday. Have a nice weekend. And I'm going to see you next week with some more anime, more anime and manga content. It's your boy. I'm out at 2000. See you.